0: Hello, friends. My name is Charles. I'm also known as Chaz Linux, and this is the Fasteroids Game Dev Podcast, Episode 1 Introductions. I'm 50 years old, and Fasteroids is my first PC game. What? Wait, did you say you're 50 and this is your first game? Well, there's a bit more to it than that. And that's what this first podcast is about. So time for introductions. As I mentioned in the intro, my name is Charles. I also go by the moniker Chaz Linux. And as you might have guessed, I, I like to use Linux, though. Uh, Fastroids is not developed in Linux, but there is a, a version for Ubuntu and Linux Mint. The game I've been working on is called Fastroids. Uh, Fasteroids is available for free download from ChasLinux, so chaslinux.itch.io forward slash Fasteroids, F-A-S-T-E-R-O-I-D-S. There is a donation button there if you'd like to donate, but you can skip by it by clicking the link that says, No thanks, just take me to the downloads. So why this podcast? Well, it may not look like it from the game, but I've been working on this game for a period of two years. It's undergone a lot of transformation, not all of it necessarily for the better. So this podcast, I want to encourage others to try game development, even if you think you're too old, too young, don't know how to code, don't know graphics or sound, or just don't know where to start. So I'm going to start. Way back in 1983 with the Commodore 64. So, back in 1983, uh, I guess roughly about November, maybe a little, maybe could have been December, our family got a Commodore 64. And I had a bunch of games, and I played a lot of games. And eventually I I wrote games. Uh, probably about 84, 85 I started writing games for the Commodore 64 in Commodore BASIC and also um, later in Assembler. Now, I didn't complete any games in Assembler. What I actually managed to do is uh, around 1985 Ghostbusters was a big thing. And so, I was really inspired, so I I drew the Ghostbusters logo on some graph paper and then I plotted that all out and figured out how an assembler to put that on the screen as a sprite. Um, And so, the sprite would sit in the middle of the screen and then you'd pull down on the joystick and all you would see is like this ruler-shaped band. And if same thing if you go left and right, it was horizontal ruler instead of a vertical ruler. The problem was is that the Commodore 64, which I believe is a less than one megahertz, we're not talking gigahertz, we're talking megahertz, megahertz machine, the instructions in assembly were going so quickly to the processor that uh, the delay loop that i put in just wasn't enough so that sprite the 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 ruler like shape was actually the shape of the sprite going down the screen that quickly so that kind of tells you where programming languages are today there is a lot of um a lot of bloat but at the same time um a lot of it's so much easier to code and there's so many libraries and so many things abilities that you can do Uh, assembly language back then i I remember when the pc came out and i kept thinking okay how could i code this for the pc because the address of a a video card in a pc is going to be different because there's different video cards and they're probably all going to get addressed different i don't know assembler i anymore. It's been, like I said, it's been around 1986-87 when I stopped uh, doing assembly language programming on the the 64. So um, I don't know how it ended up on the PC. But speaking of PCs, uh, I did get one in 1989. It was a uh, XT clone. It was an NEC V20 chip running it. 10 megahertz um, there was 640 K of RAM and I had a 42 megabyte hard drive that was huge back then and I remember thinking I'm never going to fill this and of course we were using uh, MS DOS and I I wrote an adventure a text adventure using a, a toolkit called adventure game Toolkit. That was around. That's fast forwarding. That's around 1993 or so. Uh, I also created a couple of BBS door games for bulletin board systems for Synchronet BBS software using a programming language called Baja. Uh And both of those those uh, games or door games made it to the famous Night Owl CD-ROM collections. Um, I didn't charge anything for them. Everything that I've made uh, was public domain up to that point. Um, so how did, I, how did I jump from those uh, into doing a game like Fastroid? So fast forward many, many years. Oh, I, I don't know how far back it was, but I started watching uh, videos by someone... Uh, on YouTube that went by the alias Thin Matrix. And they were programming in Java a game called Aquilinox. And it looked really interesting. What what I loved about uh Thin Matrix's videos were he would give us a glimpse of him coding stuff and the little changes and it was neat to see the little progressions that he was making from day day to day. But it was also really neat that he threw slices of life in there. And that's what really uh, struck me, was he would throw in when he went out for a jog or playing tennis with some friends or what he was cooking for lunch. And those were just kind of quick little B-roll segments in the video. Um, But it really spoke to me, because being an older game dev, I thought, well, okay, I, I work full time uh, and I have a family that isn't that much into gaming. Uh, they prefer to be out, so, I mean, for me to do game dev is actually really hard to find time. Um, but then Matrix's videos, they kind of, they were bugging me. It just kept bugging me. It's like, oh, I remember how much fun it was to make games and I had a, I had a friend uh, named Russell that uh, really encouraged me back in the Commodore days to to write games and an- another friend named Chuba who also uh, who also encouraged me to write games and so you know this kind of brought back all those feelings of wanting to create a game um, and and like it just Bug and me and bugging me, and I just kept thinking, you know, this is really cool. He's good. really like what, what he's doing. I um, should mention, too, that I like to cook, and seeing uh, what Thin Matrix was cooking, um, I I used to hate to cook, but you know, YouTube is the most wonderful thing. You can learn so much on YouTube, and, you know, even uh, whether it's knife skills for cooking, game development, or some other, you know, some other skill, uh, YouTube and video, it, it's amazing. And we just didn't have something like that back in 1983. You learn from a book, you learn from somebody else. Um, but it was nothing like, uh, nothing like the resources that we have today. Um, so, Thin Matrix's videos, they they were really inspiring, but I I just really had no clue where to start. It was bugging me, and I wanted to, and I actually ordered a book on game development, uh, and the book was written by a 13-year-old, and it was using Java, um, but I typed in the very first example, and things didn't work. And I mean, I'm not, I have done some development before, um, but I think part of it was is that the book was a couple of years old, and um, and things just weren't quite the same, and so the example just didn't work. Um, so I was kind of sitting there in limbo, going, "Okay, where? How am I going to start? Am I?" Uh, and then I saw I got an email from Humble Bundle that GameMaker Studio was on sale. And I hadn't heard of Game Maker Studio, but it it looked really interesting. And so I thought, okay, this is a game development engine. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna plunk some money down. And at that point, I'd never done any Humble Bundle either. So I didn't really, I didn't know what to expect from doing, uh, from buying Humble Bundle. In Humble Bundle, basically, you can pay what you want for software um and there are different tiers so sometimes the more you uh the more you pay the more you get and i didn't know that at the time so i think i just gave something like 20 basically 20 canadian or 20 us dollars i don't remember what it was i think it would have been canadian dollars and that actually ended up buying me game maker studio 1.4 plus all of the plugins so the exports for android the exports for ios uh ubuntu uh, windows mac os so all the whole thing and uh i that i did nothing (laughs) so about four months passed and then i i I started watching sean spalding's game maker studio 1.4 basics tutorials I think it was his basics tutorials. Uh, long story short, uh, I, I watched through, uh, I, I worked through Sean's tutorials, and I, I ran into bugs and and uh, looked for other YouTubers to, to help fix those bugs, and watched a bunch of other videos, and over time that actually ended up becoming what fasteroids is today it's the end result of learning from a lot of different people um and so one of those i I mean there's a a lot of different youtubers out there and i really wish i I had that list of everybody that i learned from Um, there is a ton of of stuff in there, and some of it is very obvious. Some of it is is not. The menus, for example, uh, that you currently see in Fastroids were uh, a recent addition. Back in oh, I think April, April 2020, was a recent addition, and I had learned uh, how to do those menus from Friendly Cosmonaut, who is just amazingly brilliant. However, I find her tutorials pretty quick. So I, I find that I have to listen to her tutorials over and over again. Whereas with Sean's, I usually, I've got the concept the first time around. Um, but that doesn't mean that one or the other or I, I either are either more or less brilliant than uh, than each other. So I think you can learn something from every, everyone. And... Uh, in my full time job, I am a computer refurbisher. Well, the, I, I manage a project where we refurbish computers, and um, I've worked with uh, volunteers for the last, well, 19 years if you count when I volunteered, but 15 years as, as the uh, as a project manager for the project. And you, there's something to be learned from everybody. Um, so, I mean, if you think you, you can't learn, you're, you're completely wrong because it doesn't matter where you are in life. You always, there are opportunities. You just, yeah. you put the effort there and, you know, it, it will come. Sometimes it comes easier than others. Uh I've been struggling with, uh um, Struggling with creating a a different ship for the past little while and for the main ship and and I made a couple of false starts that initially I tried Oh, probably back in in, uh, March or so I tried creating the the main ship based on the SR-71 Blackbird except I made it more white and it looked like such a tiny little ship that that it just didn't work and then I remodeled it larger, and it just looked fat and squat, and I thought, no, that looks terrible. Just recently, I, I've gotten to where I kind of like the ship, though it's still not as perfect as, as I'd like. Well, that is it for this first podcast. It's run much longer than I expected. Um, I probably will have longer po- podcasts, but at this point, this was... Just an introduction, and uh, hope you like this podcast. And please check out uh, Fastroids again. That is, c h a chaslinux.itch.io dot i t c h forward slash f a s t e r o i d s. I do have a uh, a domain name that I bought for Fastroids. However, um, right now it's just a an empty site. Uh, i will i will be working on it that's another another part of game deb but that's for another day so please check out the uh please check out the game and uh if you like this podcast please share it with others